0: volatility, uncertainty, complexity. This is the work environment that is our reality. What will leaders need to know to be successful in the future? Who will they need to be to build team member commitment? How will they need to show up to create a motivating environment for their people? Welcome to the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast, a dialogue about how leaders will need to adapt to be successful in a rapidly changing world. And now, Please join your host and executive producer, Sal Sylvester, to engage in the conversation about the future of leadership and how to transform people into confident leaders.
1: Hello and welcome to season five of Sal Sylvester on the future of leadership. I'm Sal Sylvester, your host and founder and CEO of 512 Solutions, an executive coaching leadership development firm. Based in Boulder, Colorado, our mission is to help organizations create healthy, aligned, and more human workplaces. I'm also the founder and CEO of Coach Metrics, a cloud-based tool we developed to measure behavioral change and add more discipline and reinforcement in coaching and leadership development. As you know, this season is all about creating a more deeply human workplace. Our greatest gift as human beings is our ability to adapt. And I believe that the more we can tap into our humanity, the more successful we can be in business and beyond. So today we've got an important topic to talk about. We'll be connecting with Amy Tolbert about how we can help shift our team and organizational culture from unconscious bias to intentional inclusion. And as I reflect on my own behaviors, what I know about myself is I don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to show my bias today. But what we know from research is that we all have unconscious bias and that unconscious bias impacts how we make decisions, how we solve problems. And frankly, it impacts the overall health of our organizational cultures. The good news is that over the past few decades of neuroscience and behavioral research, there's been a ton of information explaining the why and the how behind unconscious bias. And today we have an expert on this topic to help us navigate the unconscious bias that might be showing up in our lives and in our workplace. So let me introduce Amy Tolbert. She's our guest today. As a member of the Distinguished Faculty Network at Carlson Executive Education, Dr. Tolbert is the founder and principal of a global firm, ECHO International. ECHO stands for Energizing Cultural Change in Organizations. And she focuses her work on creating inclusive workplace cultures. She's originally from the East Coast, but she's resided in Minnesota for the last 25 years. So you're going to hear that accent come through. And when she's not trying to keep up with the schedules of her two young adult daughters, she consults and trains in the areas of working across cultures, creating inclusive workplace cultures, communicating across styles and inclusive leadership skills. Amy is well-authored with several books, many articles, assessment tools, active blogs, author of a video-based global communications training to develop intercultural communication skills called Open Mind, Open World, and she founded Spectra Diversity that offers an inclusion assessment tool and training. So let's go to the interview with Amy now. Amy, welcome to the podcast. It's so nice to connect with you today.
0: Well, after all these years we've known each other, we got a hot topic to talk about.
1: <laughs> we do. And and it's such an important topic in our world. And you've done some incredible work globally around this topic of unconscious bias. Can you, from your perspective, what is what does unconscious bias mean to you?
0: Well, you know, Sal, it's interesting because unconscious bias is taken on kind of a life of its own. But if we look at it in the subset of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is what a lot of organizations, and now we tag on the word belonging, as to what a lot of organizations are doing, unconscious bias is kind of a nice anchor to start with in some cases for companies. And uh, our our take on it is that bias isn't a switch. You don't turn Mm -hmm. it on and turn it off. It's also not a bad thing. It's not a switch. It's this journey, but it's not a bad thing. And I think it's gotten this label of being, oh, I don't want to be biased. Well, we're humans and it's part of the human condition. So there is no way we can avoid it. And probably the number one issue in unconscious bias is the reluctance of people to even admit that they have it because Mm. they think, oh, that means that I'm that I'm it's kind of like the word prejudice, we we all oh, that and stereotypes, big, bad, ugly words, but they're all part of who we are. Prejudice is nothing more than prejudging biases or categorizations that our brain has to make.
1: So it comes from a place of like helping us speed up decisions or survive, or like it, it absolutely, it, it actually there's a neuroscience aspect to it. It is, yeah,
0: it is. So from a neuroscience perspective, if you think of it as the, the, the brainstem, um, the lizard brain, the reptilian brain, that's the part where we jump right into something happens and we decide are we gonna fight, flight, or freeze?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's very primal. It's it that part of the brainstem, the neurologist would tell you it hasn't evolved. So it's still kind of giving us that, that good, bad right or wrong response when really in today's world, we're living in this area of grace. I mean, we're not stepping out of the cave anymore going, is that saber tooth tiger going to get me? You know, danger, you know, no, or am I going to survive today because I have to go hunt the food? It's not like that, but that part of the brain hasn't evolved yet. So what's happening is it gets, it, it gets this initial response data comes into us, The reptilian brain kind of decides, Okay, bam, I'm going to put it up into the emotional center, which is where the amygdala and hippocampus reside right here in the center brain. It's about the size of the fist right between the ears. And that's what determines judgment around it. Mm. And so we get we get into and we call it the amygdala hijack where you've been hijacked and you're no longer really in control of your emotion. And if people say, "Oh, that doesn't happen to me. I'm I'm in control." Well, think of the last time you had road rage. Right?
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. It's,
0: you went from a perfectly fine beautiful day to crazy person going, "How did that happen?"
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: that's because we got hijacked by our yes. amygdala, and we call it the triggers. Yeah. And the triggers oftentimes will be the things that When it jumps in and gives us that initial response, then we cannot have a rational thought for somewhere between 15, ready for this? 15 and 20 minutes.
1: Hmm. Interesting. Because it dumps those
0: those kind of it dumps those natural drugs into our system. Yes. And it takes time for that to be flushed out. So we can do things to speed it up. We can Walk around. we can road rage, pull over, get out of the car, take a deep breath, drink some water. you know, ways that we can help flush that out. But that's why we get into blurting something out and then saying, "Ooh, did I actually Yes, <laughs>
1: <You know? laughs> yes. yeah. So a couple of reflections here. First, I'm finding myself just a little bit more at ease with the subject when you said, it's not a bad thing. It's part of the human condition. Right. And we all have bias. And so that gives me a little bit of just breathing room to say, okay, just it's okay. And now you can work on it.
0: Right. And if if we don't do that, Mm -hmm. what happens is we are falling prey to exactly the concept of unconscious bias, right? Because we're, I'm not bad. I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't see color. That's another one. I don't judge people. We all do. Of
1: course it's, you do. Of course we do. Yes. Yeah. So
0: when we come to it as okay, it's natural categorizations. Then we can really dig down a little bit deeper and say, okay, what do I really think about that? Because when we make that initial judgment, Sal, who's a really interesting thing too, information coming out of the center brain up into the the prefrontal cortex. This is where rational thinking happens. Mm -hmm. Only about 15%. Are you sitting down? I don't think you're sitting down. I'm standing. standing, I'm
1: standing up. Should (laughs) I be sitting down?
0: down Yeah, you might want to sit down for this (laughs) Okay, I'm going to sit down. (laughs)
1: I'm going to brace myself on my my standing (laughs) desk
0: here. 15% of what we do on a daily basis is actually conscious. Yes. We are running on autopilot all the time. So if I'm not clear as to what's driving my action, it shows up like microaggressions all over the place. Mm. And those are those little subtle comments that may be intentional most of the time. In my humble opinion, I think people are good at heart. Right. Um, and there, there is an unintentional consequence to some of those phrases or mm-hmm. things that, psychological safety becomes at risk trust gets eroded mental health gets challenged and we know that's a big thing in our very polarized society yes. i think bias is a great way to say let's just look at acknowledging it being present and pausing when we get triggered and then decide at a rational level what action we want to take
1: mhm mhm
0: so how deflating can it be when somebody says, you know, where are you from? And they say, oh, California, but they have a heavy accent, pick any culture, Asian, they're Hispanic, what, but born and raised in the U.S. And they're like, no, I mean, where are you really from?
1: And mm. it's like, yeah,
0: I'm from California. You <laughs> know, It's
1: like, they
0: may have been raised bilingually, um, you know, whatever that situation is, but we're flying, 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 flying around yeah. those those kinds of phrases in in everyday business, and it causes people to either be included or excluded. And I think that's the really big key message for leaders here is that all the action and that unawareness when that bias is at play, if it's still unconscious, okay, then I can't decide if I want to include or exclude people. My behavior is just doing it. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of a, a little bit of a, of an interesting conundrum. What do I do about something that I'm unaware of? Like, yes. how do I become aware of that?
1: Yeah. Well, the the fact that 15% of what we do is conscious like that. I mean, that's a really small number. It doesn't surprise me just because I read your white paper and I've seen some of the research around this. And sometimes I'll drive home from work or from wherever. And I like, I don't even remember the drive because yes. I'm sure I was doing it unconsciously or right. had my mind somewhere else. So I can imagine how that impacts all of our behaviors. And and like my mind goes to in a leadership perspective, how does it impact our dynamics at work? And how does it impact what happens in meetings and how we make decisions and solve problems and the health of our organizations?
0: Let's stay there if I if you don't mind yeah. staying there oh, for a second because I think it's it's a great question to ask. You drive home automatically, you're in a meeting. Who are your go-to people that you normally ask yeah. for input?
1: Mm.
0: Who are those that are speaking that get discounted unintentionally? But from a leader perspective, we have to be accountable for our own behavior. Mm. I didn't mean it when I said I wanted to dance on your grave. It's just a phrase. We have to hold ourselves accountable because my intent isn't what I'm measured on. My impact is.
1: Yes. But, yeah, but
0: what do I hold myself accountable for my intent? I spend, mm-hmm. I spend, we as human beings spend more time kind of defending, oh, I didn't mean anything. Oh, don't take it the wrong way. Oh, I know these are sensitive times. What? Then change the language. or change the behavior
1: Mm -hmm. yeah we all we often show in our leadership programs we have an intention people see our behaviors or hear our words and then they there's a perception that happens and there's always an impact and when that intent is misaligned with the perception it's not uncommon like you said for people to say it's oh i'm so sorry that wasn't my intention right and we I think what I heard you say is we hold ourselves accountable to our intentions, but we hold other people accountable to either their behaviors or their perceptions, yes. which is a different level of accountability. Is that accurate?
0: And we wonder why it's out of balance. Yes. And as a leader setting the role model, we have to align our intent with our impact instead Mm -hmm. of excusing it away, or I didn't know if somebody is brave enough as a leader to tell you what you've done in a meeting or in a hiring situation or in a decision-making process where they witnessed bias, perhaps, and they pointed out, bless them,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: right? Thank them because it's a gold mine. And we don't, often, we don't often have people brave enough doing that. It's actually, that might be a challenge for leaders that I would pose is to think about who are some of my trusted people that I could really ask to point out to me when they notice something that feels misaligned. They saw a behavior, wow, that was an email that felt very exclusionary. Now, here's the trick of that. If I only ask those people that are in my, I'm going to call it my mm. inner circle, right? we already probably agree that's confirmation bias. That's right. affinity that's bias. A, yes. Right. What I need is a completely different perspective. And that's a huge risk. You know, honestly, I don't know why people call that a risk. I call it growth and learning. Mhm. <laughs> But mm. but they think, you know, it does make you vulnerable mm-hmm. and it does require, I think, Sal, there's kind of two things that leaders need today that maybe weren't as true in the past. I think it's always been, but maybe not as, as pointed. Vulnerability
1: yes. and
0: intellectual humility.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if I bring those two to the party, then I'm not, I, I I'm demonstrating my humility I'm Mm -hmm. demonstrating my humanity and I'm able to grow as a leader. What a great day. (laughs) Instead of.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I think I'm not sure how to word this, but sometimes I find myself walking on eggshells because I have a question or I'm not really sure how something should be phrased or what is the correct way to say something or refer to maybe a group of people but i think when you have that level of vulnerability and combined with safety that psychological safety it becomes easier for people to say hey i'm just really curious about this i'm not sure if i should refer to you or to you as is it native american is it american indian is it indigenous like help me understand I don't know, may, maybe you can share a little bit of language, like how do people approach those types of conversations to be more inclusive?
0: Excellent question, I think. And the answer is yes, and I don't know, right? But yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you some tips around what we what we do around that. First of all, if you've, not you personally, but if if leaders find themselves asking that, like, I'm not quite sure, I don't know this, I, it's great to ask the question, but if I start asking the same people over and over, then I am now abdicating responsibility for my learning and they become my teacher. And mm. you know that's okay to a degree, but there's actually a phrase in the field called weathering, where if I'm the one person that has to speak for all Blacks, for all women, for all transgender, for all, that's exhausting. Yes. And you and I both know that you know I as a as a white female with two biracial bicultural kids I'm the same as all nothing at all like others a little bit like this one right so yes. there's a book by Urshad Manji M A N J I that is don't label me
1: mm. and I
0: actually love the book it's it's a very pointed and she it's kind of interesting she's having a conversation with her dog.
1: <laughs> hmm Oh, the dog becomes so interesting. It,
0: it's such a great huh. perspective and a completely different way of looking at it. And she, the dog teaches her a lot, and it, it's fascinating to look at how distracted I think we all become with labels and terms. Yeah, and did I right. get it right? And the eggshell walk is actually a thing. So um, whether so I even, think is one, I think asking is okay. Be Mm -hmm. conscious of weathering. Yes. Educate. How do you educate yourself? Become familiar with what is unfamiliar. Or another way, make the unfamiliar familiar. So expand your circle. Instead Mm -hmm. of me Mm -hmm. being around all people that think and act like me, where's the growth in that? I need different perspectives.
1: Oh, this is so helpful. Because even just in the nature of my question, like there's bias in it. And there's, you know, I'm I am sort of exemplifying exactly what you're saying.
0: Well, but it was. I don't think necessarily it was bias. I think again, it was from a really great intention. I just want the leaders that that might hear this to be aware that it, there is a weathering that happens, yes. right? Mm-hmm. But but also, if I ask people, for example, I contracted with a, a a guy, a gay man that was my business partner for years, and we traveled all over the country together two and three day training gigs. As you know, that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and exactly.
0: so we saw each other at our best and our worst. We saw each other when we were energized in front of an audience. And we saw each other when the plane was delayed. We got in late to the hotel. Nobody was you know, there at the desk to get us our room. And we had to be training again in five hours. And th- that's not gonna, you're not gonna show your best self, right? So I contracted with him to say, I need you to point out to me when my bias is slipping out that mm. I'm unaware of because mm-hmm. I and I need to halt. And and halt is an acronym for when you're hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. And those are the times when things might come out sideways. And and he did, man. He was a good coach. Yes. <laughs> and I learned a lot.
1: Oh, that's so helpful. I I literally just interviewed, as I'm working with an executive team from a very large organization, members of the team. And they were talking about how the senior leader on this particular team, they have a nickname for it, but he can get into a mood. And they said, and this one particular person identified it when they're traveling internationally. And when he is in those stages, when he's mostly tired but yes. it would fit the hungry angry lonely tired halt acronym so it's yes. just helpful that to, to have that as as a framework
0: yes and so then when he would bring it up instead of well you know what we've been through you know that we had that horrible flight you know that and we developed something called the vac validate mm-hmm. appreciate and change okay so i would say Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I really appreciate you letting me know because I was in a really fiery state. So, what I'm going to do differently next time is what what my change is. Oh, so I the VAC yeah. validate, appreciate, appreciate and, ch- and change. Because if you don't do that, they're not going to tell you anything truthful again.
1: Right? <laughs> yeah. And you you, you really. And that takes it beyond thank you. And it probably removes moves you beyond maybe a defensive response mechanism. Exactly. Yeah.
0: You know, you can't hold gratitude and fear at the same time in the
1: same time. Right. It's hard to do both, isn't it? Yep. Or you just can't do both.
0: You can't. Yeah. And and all in all, be curious. Mm-hmm. Leaders today, I would encourage you to just be, be, be curious about anything and everything around you, because we can't hold curiosity and judgment at the same Mm. time. Curiosity is arrows in, like come teach me. Judgment is arrows out. And the two can't really coexist. So Mm. curiosity is a fantastic way to think about. I Love that moving forward and growing mm-hmm. in the space cuz we're mm-hmm. all going to step in it there's no doubt.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a good way to put it. And just simply by starting a conversation like, "Hey, I'm curious about X, Y, and Z."
0: Exactly.
1: is a very open way to approach a conversation, a, a more inclusive way. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Amy, I can't help but just to sort of go back to your point around confirmation bias and and we need to have different perspectives we need to expand the people who we surround ourselves with our circle and it just seems like today we we are living in such a politically charged world and and you can you can watch Fox News and then you can watch the same exact story on CNN or MSNBC and get a completely different vantage point but for and and not getting political here but whatever side you're on if you're on a side like if you're only surrounding yourself by people who have those same beliefs and you're only watching the same news channel and you're only listening to the same talk radio you you're never going to expand your thinking and have your own point of view
0: absolutely and social media love it hate it don't care doesn't matter good bad right wrong doesn't matter the point is it's a huge influence to exactly mm-hmm. what you're saying, it it encourages us to be polarized, and if you think about it, it's because yeah. I I want to look for comments that agree with what my post was. I don't right. want to be challenged about it. why not. That's a good thing, and I'm going to then and anonymity is another thing. I mean, social media has kind of really wrecked us in a lot of ways because we mm-hmm. think it's okay to be rude and arrogant and, um, actually not many times, not using facts, but opinion as if it's facts and getting very personal and hurtful and stabbing Mm -hmm. people with comments on social media, on some of these posts and it, it makes it seem okay. Yeah. And, and it's not. So two, two things around that is be human about it. And to your point, Fox versus CNN versus, you know, posts and news feeds, resources that you look at. I always told my kids, you have to be able to hold two divergent opinions in your hands at the same time.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: They had, they both had very difficult times in a predominantly white area being Hispanic. And it was, I mean, really brutal in a lot of ways. And instead of, supporting the anger and the mayhem and the disbelief that people would do this. It's like, wait a minute, here's uh, here's your perspective. Here's the other perspective. You should be able to debate both. You can have the, the one that you want to choose as the right answer, but you cannot debate if you don't know the other side. And I'm not suggesting to get to know the, whatever the other side is, different leadership models, different ways to approach change, different ways to actually do a merger and acquisition, but getting educated on all, not all, it's not possible, right? But different perspectives can only help broaden. Then you can make a conscious decision, Mm -hmm. a conscious decision about the direction and the action you want to take rather than just going with what you've always done.
1: Yeah, because then we're back in that automatic mode. Right. Has come from wherever socialization of our past lives without really thinking about, wait a second, what's my point of view here? Right. Yeah.
0: And to get critical thinking back into it. You know, Mark Twain, I'll often say in Sessions sell that Mark Twain said, the issue isn't in what you don't know. It's what you know for sure that just ain't so.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what? Just so well said.
0: Isn't that right? great? Yeah, like, so, that's well so perfect
1: for sure. Amy, so as we start to close out here today, what what's our personal responsibility? And, and maybe even you often will use the term intentionally inclusive. So what's our personal responsibility in being intentionally inclusive?
0: The big, big, of course, I'm a learning person, so I'm going to be biased mm-hmm. in my response right, to that. Right, exactly. I, and I, 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 I know, might be biased along those
1: same lines.
0: But it's all about the learning. So it's inviting in. If, if you have a human response you get really angry at something or the hair stands up on the back of your neck or you want to jump in with a rebuttal, that's when you should really pay attention mm. because that means that you really are being challenged to learn and to grow. If you agree with it, well, you already agree with it. Right. So invite in other opinions, things that are unfamiliar to you. Go to different neighborhoods where The primary language isn't your native language. And see what that feels like. Walk through those kinds of grocery stores and eat in those restaurants. I don't know what it might be. It might be Vietnamese, if it might be, you know, Hispanic, it might be through uptown in New York, right? But a Mm -hmm. place where you are the minority, where you're not surrounded by everybody just like you. And play like the anthropologist, just mm. see what that feels like. Yeah. So one is to invite in. Another is to, and I might've said this earlier, become familiar with the unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. If something is like, you know, I, I don't know that that's not my anything that's, that's not my thing. Oh my gosh, go. Yeah. Go,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs> and, that's and, not and, me or yeah, right.
0: Then, then do it by all means. And, um, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable
1: yes i think i I read an article a long time ago in harvard business review leaders often try to or say they want to be authentic leaders and the challenge with authenticity is that when we're learning a new skill or developing a new mindset around leadership or stretching ourselves oftentimes it doesn't feel authentic yeah. And so, instead of continuing to develop that, we go back into our comfort zone because that feels authentic, but we're not actually growing or learning that new skill. So I love that that whole idea of of really inviting in other opinions, ideas, and in and, and leaning into something new.
0: And an invitation is a form of inclusion, mm. but not just the invite. Then the the willingness to step back and let them, us, all be a part of developing it together rather than it's kind of like inviting somebody to your home is really different than then allowing them to rearrange the furniture.
1: Yes. Right.
0: Right. It's okay. Wait, that's too close. Like this is my space. I want to decide. Well, that's not true inclusion.
1: Yes. Yeah for sure. So Amy, let me see if I can summarize some of these key points. So many great insights from today. Number 1, unconscious bias isn't not, not necessarily a bad thing. It's just part of our human condition and part of what we have to do is just acknowledge that it exists. That only 15% of what we do is actually conscious throughout the day. So the yes. first piece is just acknowledging that. Is that accurate?
0: Absolutely.
1: Number 2, seek feedback, ask people to point out where there might be some bias in how you're acting, if you will. And this idea of avoiding confirmation bias where we seek the same perspective all the time is really key. We have to expand our network, expand our perspectives, think more with intellectual humility, and it also requires vulnerability.
0: Yes. Yes. And it's a journey. We're never there. We never never
1: there. Right,
0: right.
1: Right. Because
0: we're always changing.
1: Yes, absolutely. You share two really nice tools: the halt tool, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and people often get triggered under those conditions. Yeah. And then when you get feedback from people, use the VAC model, which is to validate, appreciate, and change. Those. Does that sound about right?
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Awesome. Be curious. And you can't hold both curiosity and judgment at the same time. I love that. And then be aware of the impacts of social media because it often encourages us to be polarized as people.
0: Boy, we should we should write a white paper on this.
1: <laughs> oh, let's do it. I'm game for that. <laughs> Amy, thank you so much. This has been Such a gift. I'm sure our listeners will have gotten so much out of this time together today.
0: Well, we're always growing together. That's the goal.
1: For sure. Thanks so much, Amy. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Sal Sylvester on the Future of Leadership podcast. You can get session notes on our website at 512solutions.com. That's the numbers 512solutions.com. Please follow and like the podcast on iTunes or wherever you're tuning in. And if you want to learn more about how we can help transform your people into confident and action-oriented leaders, please check out our website at 512solutions.com. I look forward to continuing the conversation about the future of leadership. I'm out.